Today's podcast is sponsored by Wonderful Pistachios, where delicious meets nutritious in the snack that packs a real protein punch. Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts out there, and each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. It is no secret how much I love pistachios. I love pistachios. It is part of my identity, and honestly, there are so many fantastic flavors. My personal favorite is the wonderful pistachios no salt. It has a little blue emblem on it for the bag. So delicious. I know others love the roasted and salted, even lightly salted. There's a sweet chili that's good, a salt and pepper. There are so many options, and you can have them in the shell or no shell. Cracking each pistachio open one at a time? Yes, wonderful pistachios is the only exception I make for playing with my food. It is fun and protein all in one bite. Go ahead and visit wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more or pick up a bag at your local store. Let's get to cracking and let's get to snacking. Welcome to the Fun and Gains Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Lupton, and let the gains begin. What's up, you guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fun and Gains podcast. I hope you all are having a fantastic Wednesday. Today's episode is just going to be me, you and me. It's my very first solo episode. There will be no guest today. I just wanted to have a little bit of a chit chat. You and I catch up and talk about some pretty common questions that I get. I want to go over five reasons why you might not be seeing results. I feel like a lot of these are kind of common. But before we get into that, let's do a quick little weekly recap. So Vinny had his birthday party and it was so fun. I don't know why I was so nervous before throwing him this party. I just was. I was like, you know, you just want everything to go well. And of course, they never cares, right? Like Vinny was just so happy playing with the balloons and just like having a ball no matter what. And it turned out so good. And Vinny was just so happy. He had such a great day and it was really fun for Darian and I to experience that. That was a really fun family little recap. And then honestly, I feel like I don't really have too much to talk about. I feel like nothing was really happening. Last week, I was just working a whole bunch. I did hit a couple new PRs in the gym and that was pretty fun. But you guys, let's just hop into the bulk of this episode. And let's talk about five reasons why you might not be seeing results. Okay, I feel like one of the most common questions that I get all the time are, hey, I've hit a plateau, what do I do? I feel like I'm kind of in this rut, I don't know where to go, I just don't feel like I'm seeing any results, what do I do? And if this is you, this podcast was made and dedicated for you. I got you, okay? We're gonna be talking about some ways that you can see results. I touched on this a little bit on an Instagram reel. I said, hey, five tips that have really helped me see some results in the gym. So some of those are gonna be crossing over on this podcast and I'm gonna be able to go into much more depth about progressive overload and time under tension and then a few other things in this podcast. So stay tuned. We're getting into it and I'm really excited for it. So first thing, if you're hitting a plateau, if you're in a rut, what are some things that you can do so that you can start seeing results again, okay? The first thing I'm going to say is progressive overload. I'm surprised at how new of a term this is to so many people. And if that's you, that's totally fine. Like, don't feel like, oh my gosh, you know, this is your awakening and now you know. So progressive overload can really help if you're in a plateau. Basically, what progressive overload is 
is you are gradually increasing the stress on your body. So a lot of people think of this as like increasing your weight or increasing reps. There's actually a lot of ways that you can do this. And it's not just isolated to bodybuilding. Like this isn't just for bodybuilders, but people who run marathons, people who train all different ways. Everybody needs to eventually start challenging their body more and doing progressive overload so that they can see improvements so you're not just staying stagnant. Progressive overload, simply put, is challenging your body more, putting more stress on your body so that you can improve and kind of get out of that like weird little rut where nothing's really happening. You're like, I'm just kind of like in limbo, which I want to say sometimes that's kind of normal. Like I feel like we've all been there before. Like I know I have, especially when I'm moving around a lot and I just kind of can't keep a routine. I feel like I'm in limbo and I'm just kind of coasting and doing the best I can trying to maintain habits and working with what I've got. But then at some point it's like, all right, now's the time. I'm ready. Let's push and let's start getting into it again. So there are a bunch of ways that you can do progressive overload. There's a wide variety of ways. I'm going to touch on seven of them, okay? So these are going to be seven ways that you can implement progressive overload. You're not going to want to do all of these all at the same time, all right? Like that would be a little bit much for your body. You might be uh, hurting and it's just not that good for you. So just think about, okay, implement some of these here and there. Okay, so let's start with number one, and that is increasing your weight. I feel like this is what people think of the most whenever they're talking about progressive overload or thinking of progressive overload. Okay, it's working on getting stronger. So for me, that's a huge motivation for me all the time, okay? The fact that I literally just hit 135 on front squat, that is a massive PR for me. I never even had that as a goal. I never thought I would even get to there. And I'm like, dang, okay, now I got to get my back squat up more because I can't front squat more than I can back squat. Okay, that's saying something about me. So I've got to get on my back squat and start working on that. All right. (laughs) But increasing your weight is a fantastic way to challenge your muscles and by putting stress on that musculoskeletal and nervous system so that you are overloading your body and you can help get yourself to that next level. So increasing your weight, lifting heavier loads, you're increasing that intensity of the load. That is a great way to do it. I want to note, please let it be known. Do not increase your weight if you do not have perfect technical form first. You've got to nail your technique before you start increasing your weight. So definitely get comfortable with a barbell before you're trying to always improve and always shoot for a new PR and all of that. You want to make sure that you're building upon a really great and stable foundation because if you keep building on bad form, it's only going to get worse. And when you're starting to lift those heavier weights, it's only going to compound on your body and it just like, oh, it just hurts me inside. So definitely start with a solid base. Only move on with progressive overload as a whole, but especially as you're increasing your weight, make sure you are prioritizing form never jeopardize form and move up. And I feel like that's something where like, I'm always a little bit too scared to increase my weight because I'm like, oh, what if I jeopardize form? You know, what if my form is bad? So sometimes you've kind of got to have a little bit of a give where can you shoot for it? And if your form isn't perfect, you know, maybe go a little bit lighter and work up to it. I don't want that to like deter you from trying heavier weight when you're at that point when your form is good at a point where you can start pushing. But basically to start out, if you are a beginner, wait a little bit until you are more comfortable and you know what you're doing with your form and breathing techniques and everything before you're really pushing for heavyweight. 
And if you're pretty experienced and you're just a little bit scared to move to the next level like I was, I was stuck at 135 for back squat for so long until one day I literally just back squat 190 out of nowhere. And I'm like, okay, like I have been shorting myself so much. You've got to have some type of in-between and just know it's a learning process, but you got to shoot for it when you can. So something else that I get asked quite frequently that I can talk about in another podcast episode, but I want to just touch on is knowing what weight to start at. That is something that is so confusing to so many. And it's really hard because I'm not there with you. Like if I was training with you, I'd be like, okay, I know you can do more or okay, your form's getting a little bit shaky. Let's stay here or even drop a little bit. But a really good, just kind of baseline rule of thumb, I would say is if you can do 10 reps really, really easily, then you need to increase your weight. When you feel like you're jeopardizing your form and compromising that, that's kind of where you need to stop and either stay or lower back down a tiny bit. A lot of times it's hard because maybe you can do 40 pounds, but then jumping to 50 pounds is hard. So you're trying to find that middle ground of this is a little bit too hard and this is a little bit too easy. I think drop sets are a great way to help with that or having a spotter as well. So you can have a spotter assist with those reps, even though you're getting assistance, you're still doing really well. Or drop sets, you do as many as you can till technical failure with that heavier weight. It might only be three, four, five reps, but you're doing that. And then you drop down to that lighter weight and then you burn out. That's another great thing. Anyways, let's get back to progressive overload. I kind of got on a tangent there. Number two, the second way that you can implement progressive overload is increasing your reps but using the same weight. So you're lifting the same load for more reps. And when you're doing this, you're increasing your muscle endurance, which is massive. I've got to tell you, I'm used to doing like the eight to 10. Sometimes I'll go up to 12 reps, but when I'm hitting 12 to 15 reps, to me, that's like cardio. It's absolutely insane. Like one time I did a leg workout where I was doing 12 reps and I was like, this is so much more difficult than just stopping at eight or just stopping at 10. And it's also a mental block, like having to count that high. First of all, having to count that high while you're in the gym, counting reps, let's talk about it, is really hard, okay? I'm out all over the place. My brain is mush on the floor. I'm just trying to push through this workout. I don't know what set I am on. I don't know what rep I'm on. But then to have to count to 12, oh, not only does my brain have to work overtime, but my heart is just pumping. Like it is cardio, seriously, doing more reps. That is so crazy endurance for me. And it's just training in a new way where that is progressive overload because my body's not used to that type of strain, that type of push, that type of challenge. So whenever I do more endurance and higher rep, it's wild. It is so wild for me. My body's like, what are you doing? I get such a massive pump. It's it's crazy, but it it's so fun to mix it up too. Like I find so much joy in doing that and trying new exercises and pushing my body in different ways. It's really, really fun. And I think our bodies really thank us for it because our bodies want to be challenged. Our bodies and minds want to have that hurdle, have that place and be able to push past it. And whenever you can push past that mentally, like in the gym, when you hit a new PR or when you're like, ah, I can't do 10 reps and you do all 10, Dude, it's like another level of confidence. It's like, I actually did that. And it is so empowering, especially as a female, to be able to do that. I just, I love it. I get so excited about that. 
Let's move on to number three, which is decreasing your rest periods. So another way that you can do progressive overload is by having shorter rest periods. So rest periods are the time in between your sets. So if you're doing three sets of 10 or four sets of 10 in between each set, you're not resting as long. And let me say that this is another hard way to train. I This is also more like endurance and it keeps my heart rate up so high because I don't have as much time to catch my breath. Now, let me just say that this is one of the harder ones. Honestly, they're all hard though. They really are all equally challenging in their own way. And I think that that's why progressive overload is so cool is because it's pushing you past your limits in a new way. But decreasing rest periods, when I do not have my full rest or I'm feeling a little bit tired and I know I'm shortening my rest periods and I've got to go back into a set, reset mentally and physically, it is so hard and taxing, but the good kind of hard and taxing. It's very rewarding, but this really does increase my heart rate so much. It's like, again, like cardio. I'm not used to having all that heart pumping while I'm lifting, you know, not that I take very long rest periods, but when you shorten that, you don't realize how much you need to catch your breath and just kind of reset physically and mentally. So that is another great way to implement progressive overload. Number four is doing more work in the same amount of time. So this is kind of a good crossover one where if you're swimming or if you're running, if you're training for a marathon or triathlon or something else, when you're doing more work in the same amount of time, so let's say your workout is 30 minutes, and a lot of workouts are like do as many rounds as possible. Let's say you used to only be able to do five rounds in that 30 minutes. Now you're trying to push five and a half or six rounds, you're trying to go faster and you're trying to do more in that time period. That can go for like your hit classes. I've been in a couple hit classes where it's 30 minutes and it's like do as many reps as you can until the timer goes off. It is like game on. That is such a challenge of, okay, let me try to do as many as I can. And that's what's really fun about, I think that style of working out is it's always a you versus you mentality of, can I beat my time? Can I do more? Can I put in more effort? And I think that those classes are really fun. I've done a couple like that. And when it comes to running and swimming, you know, you're trying to beat that clock. You're trying to beat that past record. So I think that that's really cool in a way to progressively overload. Number five is increasing your sets. So this is going to increase your volume overall. I've used this one. I used to do three sets and now I've moved up to four sets. Oh my gosh, including an extra set. It's like crazy. It's just increasing your volume overall. So you're just doing more. That's a great way to progressively overload. That's something I do. And I love that one. You know, you love to hate it because when you, you know, you sometimes you lose track of your sets and then other times it's just hard. It's hard going into that last set and not giving up. So that one, you definitely have to be in there mentally and committed to it. Number six is increasing frequency. So this is just training more often. So this is something that I also did at the beginning of this year. You know, I only worked out three days a week all throughout pregnancy and early postpartum up until the beginning of 2021. In 2021, I was like, okay, I'm going to try to go four days a week. I just slowly increase that. And I want to say that this one takes time. They all do. You all have to be patient with all of these. And, you know, it's going to fluctuate here and there. But with the training frequency, I just had to set realistic expectations. I knew I could only go to the gym three days a week while Vinny was, you know, he was already one, one and a half. But I still just needed a little bit extra time to kind of get 
everything situated and feel comfortable with everything again. So when I started going four days a week and then I could start going five days a week and now I'm at that five day, sometimes six days a week. So increasing that training frequency, I went from one leg day a week to two and that was a game changer for me. I saw so much growth because I've been increasing my frequency and I really think that that's one that is helpful for people who are in that position where they can do that. I know a lot of people are already working out five days a week and you know maybe that's not one that they specifically can do but for me somebody who is only working out three days a week when I jumped up to that four and that fifth day it was a game changer for me. That definitely was challenging my body in the best ways possible. And the last one is extending past technical failure with forced wraps, drop sets, static holes, just increasing your overall effort. And I talked a little bit about drop sets. That's where you start with heavier weight, you do a set, and then you drop your weight like in half and then burn out on it. For example, I'll shoulder press 40s. Let's say I can get six to eight reps. Okay, when I'm done with that, I'll drop to 20s and then do as many as I can until I am just burnt out and I can't do anymore. So that really helps push you in a new way. I love doing drop sets. So that's another great way to do progressive overload. Moving on to the second tip that can help you see results in the gym is using time under tension. So this refers to the amount of time a muscle is held under tension or strain during an exercise. So Basically, you're lengthening each phase of the movement to make your sets longer. And this is about taking your time. You want that muscle under stress a little bit more. I see people blazing through reps all the time. I've definitely been there. I've done that. And some days my head's not in it and I'm just not thinking. I really, though, try to never just blaze through my workout. I know a lot of people will try a workout of mine and they'll say, oh, it was too easy. And I'm like, excuse me? I literally died on the floor. Like I'm laying down. I trip over at, dude, if it's a leg day, I don't know what it is, but I trip. Like I can't see straight on leg days. I'm like all over the place. So when someone says that one of my workouts was too easy, I'm like, okay, a couple things could be going wrong. Probably you're rushing through. You are not using heavy enough weight or challenging yourself enough. You're taking too long rest periods. You're not focused. You're not honed in. Like in using time under tension, really focusing and putting that muscle under that stress is crazy. And it was a game changer for me too when I started implementing that. And what's nice is creating that tension in your muscle for a longer period of time, it can help lead to muscle growth. So being slow and controlled helps you be more purposeful and intentional in your lifts, which is something that I feel like we all want. We want to get the most out of our workouts. Like we don't want to go to the gym for an hour and have it be wasted. No, we want it to be productive. So being really slowed and controlled and keeping control of that movement, such a game changer. Don't swing your weights around. Focus on the muscle, muscle to mind connection. Really try and focus. I know some people like will touch the muscle that they're trying to work to help help them just like really feel it there and to be so concentrated on that. Something else that's really nice with time under tension is it's nice to slow the tempo down and focus so you can focus on your breathing. You can focus on your alignment. You can focus on a better movement pattern and all of those things can help with injury prevention. So again, that's another win of trying time under tension. 
some examples of time under tension are pause squats. So this is something where when I'm trying to increase a PR on my squat, I will do pause squats. These are freaking gnarly and they hurt and I'm getting angry. (laughs) I'm literally in my office. I'm getting angry thinking about how much I hate pause squats, okay? Because they burn and I'll usually do lower reps because it's such a long time. So I'll do like five sets of five pause squats and I'll do it at like a really challenging weight and it burns so bad. So I slowly go down and I hold it. I hold my squat at the bottom, at the pit, where you're like praying you can get out of that pit at the end. You're like, I've been holding this squat for so long. Am I going to be able to get out? And you just pray you get out. And when you do, it's like, ooh, okay, four more reps, let's go. I love that challenge. And mentally, for a couple reasons, that's good one, to help you, you know, focus on getting out of that pit once you've been sitting in that pair, you know, I'm hitting parallel. I'm not like in an actual pit. You know what I'm saying though. So holding that pause though is wild and it really, really helps so much. I swear when I start doing those, my PRs can go up and I can just lift more because I'm taking that time and challenging my body in a new way of holding that weight and pushing my muscles in a new way. So I'll just do a squat, sit there one, two, three, and up and then back down. It's it's crazy. It's so good. Another kind of ones are like static holds. So I'll have like a bicep curl at 90 and just holding that. And then the other arm is doing a full bicep curl. You guys have probably seen that on my Instagram, but that's another one that I really like where that arm that is not doing the curl but stuck at 90 is under tension that whole time. It's great. And those are so challenging. I'm going to note that you're not really using max weight when you're doing this. You're using challenging weight. You know, it's heavy enough to be challenging that it can cause fatigue, but it's not like a max. And you don't want it to be too light where you can't get to that point of fatigue. There's a lot of times where I'll do an exercise and I'm like, this is too light. If I can't get fatigued, but if that eighth, ninth, and 10th rep are not pushing me at all, or even making me sweat, I've got to increase my weight, okay? So you want to find that happy balance. And sometimes you have to go to the gym and you have to test that out for yourself. Sometimes it takes me one, two, or three warm-up sets of just doing a couple reps to say, eh, I need to go lighter, eh, I need to go heavier to figure that out. Just know that it's never like I pick up weights and that's perfect and I do all my sets with that. I bump around here and there to make sure that I'm at a good challenging place. So don't feel like you so don't feel like you can't do that too, okay? Just no. That's what I do. And I wish we could work out together. Wouldn't that be fun? skincare from the sea. You got that right. I'm introducing you to the brand Osea. If you have not heard of them yet, this company is called OSEA. It stands for Ocean, Sun, Earth, and Atmosphere, and it is an amazing skincare and body care company. This company is vegan and cruelty-free. They're climate neutral certified and ocean positive. It is a clean beauty company. It checks all of the boxes. I love these products so much. I actually gave some away to some of you for the local event so that you could try them as well. Some of the favorite ones that I use are the body oil and lotion. And then I also love the hyaluronic serum and the ID puff serum. And every time I use them, I feel so luxurious. 
They also have a few gift sets that are going on for Mother's Day, which is really fun. They have a glow and go facial set and then a golden glow body set. I'm definitely going to get my mom one of these. I just don't know which yet. So go ahead and treat yourself or your mom to the everyday spa experience that you deserve. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code FUNGAINS at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head over to oseamalibu.com and use code FUNGAINS for 10% off. Today, I'm welcoming a new podcast sponsor, Shrank Grills. If you haven't heard about these yet, today is the day. Darian and I cannot wait to move to Florida and start our hosting era, and this is the perfect way to do it. These grills heat up to over 1,500 degrees in less than five minutes, and it uses the exact same infrared technology as the world's best steakhouses. So things are going to cook really fast. Your steaks can be ready in as little as three minutes, and salmon as well. Big salmon girly over here. We're trying to get all of our protein gains, and this delivers on flavor because everything is juicier on a grill. They also have a dip tray at the bottom. This is probably my favorite feature of these grills. You can let all the steak juices just drip to the bottom of the drip tray and then it's going to create these brown bits and you can add butter, spices, oils into that dip tray also and then pour all the juices back onto the steak and this makes such a big difference in flavor. This this grill isn't just for steak, though. You can also cook chicken wings, hamburgers, seafood, even pizza with their pizza stone accessories. So if you've been on the fence for your summer grilling, look no further and get your shrink grill today. That's spelled S-C-H-W-A-N-K, shrink grills. You can use code FUNANDGAINS to get $150 off a shrink grill. Moving on. I would say the third thing that you can do to help you see results, this one. This is a good one. This is about nutrition. And don't get it twisted. Listen to the whole thing that I'm going to say, okay? Track to see what you're eating for education. Now, please don't get this twisted. I do not count macros. It's not that I don't believe in counting macros. Everybody has their own approach, right? And what works for everybody works for them. For me, I don't like counting macros. But when I very first started my fitness journey in 2018, I counted for a little bit to become educated about the food I was putting in my body. Not only am I getting educated about the contents of everything that I'm eating, but just kind of getting an idea of like what is on my plate. I just wanted to see, okay, where am I at? I know I want to build muscle. I know I should be eating around 0.8 to 1 gram of protein per body weight. I know that that's kind of the ideal that I want to be in for muscle building, muscle growth. So if I am not even anywhere near that, which I was not at the beginning, I was getting like 50, maybe 60 grams of protein a day, which is fine. But if I have goals that I want to reach and if I want to be able to hit these PRs and have some insane muscle definition and just like work toward a really fun goal that I really enjoy, I've got to kind of get my act together and just be educated so that I know why I might not be hitting my goals. Why am I not getting results? It's because my protein is way off or my nutrition, however it is, is off. So tracking to just be educated about what you're consuming. It's honestly really, really eye-opening. I really enjoyed doing this because I was seeing, okay, for one, I can fit, you know, processed foods, slightly processed into my diet, and that's fine. I'm not saying diet for a diet. I'm saying 
my what I eat, okay? I don't, y'all know I don't do diets. But, mm, it, excuse me, no. No, no, no. When I say diet, I'm just saying like what I consume, just so you know, if you're new here. But I track that to just be educated on, on what I consume. So I'm educated and know where can I do better? Or am I doing pretty good? Is how I just eat intuitively and naturally and what I gravitate towards, is this a good place where I'm at? Or, hey, I'm actually kind of slacking in these areas. Let me try to increase that and get better. It's not a guilt. It's not a shame. It's not a, oh my gosh, I went way over. Or I literally, I don't even track calories. I don't even care. I was never even focused on calories, period. It was about the contents of the food that I was eating, seeing, okay, where am I at? I know I need to have X, Y, and Z to have a healthy body. I need to have good micronutrients, fruits and veggies, because I know that those help with so many different things, but I also need to make sure my protein is high, I've got some great sources of carbs, and that I'm including fats in my diet as an overall whole. Anyways, not to get completely sidetracked, but that was extremely educational for me when I first started so that now I don't have to track. I have a really good idea about what's on my plate, what I like to eat, what's going to help fuel my body, but I'm not tied down to macro counting and I'm not tied down to anything. I know I have wiggle room. I've seen it for myself and I've experienced this and that is what works for me. So if you're somebody who nutrition is where you struggle, I would say track for maybe a day, two days, three days. It doesn't have to be this long, huge ordeal. Do not feel guilty about it. That is reality. That's what you're doing. And then see how you can effectively improve on that. Not with any shame, not with any guilt. This is like an open, you know, area of where we're just here to learn and we're just here to see where constructively can we do better so that we can hit those results. So I found that really helpful for me because now I know what to do moving forward and that's really how I found a good relationship with food for me that works and I know what to eat and what is nice and feels in my body. I want to say tips to increase your protein intake because that's something else that I get asked a lot and that's something that I've recently been way more focused on because that's something I have struggled with in the past. I definitely have not always been eating enough protein and it's something that's a little bit hard and it can be really daunting but right now I really try to make sure that I have protein in each meal or snack. That's something that has really helped me just be mindful, making sure that there is something protein related in every single thing that I eat. And it can be however big or small, just being conscious and bringing that to the forefront of my mind. So I'm like, okay, I'm trying to prioritize this, trying to, you know, put a little bit more effort in. And I want to say that this is gradual. It is always going to be a gradual growth. Nothing is just like perfect, smooth sailing. It is going to take some time to figure that out. And also, if you're eating a certain way for so long, your taste buds might take some time to, you know, change up your diet or what you're eating and everything. So just be patient with yourself. But specific foods that I like to put into my diet. So in before I work out, I almost always have oatmeal. Sometimes it'll be like pancakes or waffles. You know, Vinny and I love to make pancakes and waffles. So a lot of times it's that, but then I try to make like protein waffles or I'll add peanut butter on my waffles or I'll have eggs with my waffles. I really don't like to add peanut butter to my pancakes or waffles that often. So, you know, it's normally an egg or two, but 
Yeah, I love to add peanut butter to my oatmeal and that's a great source of protein. That's normally my pre-workout snack. And then post-workout snack, sometimes I'll have a protein shake, but I love to have eggs and toast. You guys know I love bruschetta toast. I love avocado toast and those are so yummy and I love to have that. And a protein shake can really help aid me so I can get a little bit more protein, but it's not mandatory and it's not something that I have every single day. I really like to try to get my protein from whole foods, but you know, sometimes that little extra help is so nice. Then for lunch, I usually have like leftovers or tuna, Greek yogurt, a snack plate with lunch meat. There's so many different things that I do for lunch and then dinner. If you guys have watched any of my what I eat in a day on YouTube, you already know. It's usually roasted veggies, some type of carb, and then just a big chunk of protein. We got chicken, we got salmon, ground turkey, and so many different flavors to help make the meals such a wide variety so I don't get bored of the foods that I eat because I feel like a lot of times it's like, oh, I'm bored of chicken, I'm bored of salmon, I'm bored of ground turkey, but there's so many different flavor profiles and recipes that you can use that will make that a lot more exciting. And I think that meal planning can really help you with that. Not to plug my YouTube channel a ton, but it's really nice because I just uploaded a YouTube video about how I meal plan. So at the beginning of every week, Darian and I will sit down and we'll basically just say, hey, what do we feel like eating this week? We'll write it down on our grocery list and then we will shop for that. That way we have our meals planned. We don't prep anything, but we at least know what to expect and what to eat that week so it's not really stressful. We have the idea, we have everything kind of there for what we're gonna eat and then when it's time for dinner or lunch, we know exactly what to do and it's quick to go. The fourth reason that can help you see results is to not cheat yourself and finish all reps. I'm going to call myself out, okay? Because I skip reps sometimes. Oh my gosh, sometimes I'm just not in the right headspace. I'm lazy. I'm tired. I'm not focused. And it happens. I'll just say, oh, eight reps is enough or six reps is enough. And I just won't push and do the extra work, put in that extra effort. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, it happens. And sometimes you've got to just work through those sessions and bring it next time. Sometimes you say, okay, I really cheated myself. I can't do that again. Let's try to do better next time. And we don't beat ourselves up. We don't feel guilt, but we really try to push and bring it next time. We know that that's only hurting ourselves when we cheat ourselves those reps, when we cheat ourselves a really good all-in workout. But sometimes we just have to go through the motions and that's okay. Like I said before, there's times in all of our lives where things fluctuate and sometimes this can't be the number one thing in our life all the time. Like when I was moving, so much and we were traveling. Fitness can't be, my workouts can't be my number one priority all the time. I can do what I can and I can do the best that I can. I don't need to feel guilty for missing workouts or doing anything like that. But when I get back to it, I want to be all in and try to really focus and make it work and be productive during my workouts. I think another thing is just keeping those promises to ourselves. I feel like that always helps build confidence, especially in the gym, is when you say you're going to do something and you do it and you prove it to yourself that you can, you're capable, and you did it. That speaks volumes about you, about yourself, how you feel about yourself, and your confidence is just so high because you actually did that and you have something to look back on and to say, I am so proud of myself. I can't believe I did that. Let's go. I can do it again and I can do it again better. So 
keeping those promises to yourself and working on building that gym confidence, yes. We've got to do a gym confidence episode soon because I could talk on that for so long. And the very last one is to stay consistent. This one, I just want to say, don't try to skip to something new every day or every week. You've got to be patient and you've got to keep it something consistently for at least four weeks before you change it up. Three to four weeks, you guys. Give yourself time to adapt to whatever you're doing and you have to see if it's working before you change it up. And, 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 I might be calling you out, okay? Just, I might be. But don't get mad if you are not seeing results. You've got to check within yourself, okay? This is your little checklist. If you're mad you're not seeing results, this is your little checklist, and I hope I'm not calling you out, but I might be. One, if you are not being consistent, you cannot be mad that you are not seeing results, okay? You have got to be consistent for a period of time to gauge to see if it's working. You've just, you've got to be consistent to see that where there's nothing to kind of like gauge this progress by. Now, if you are being consistent and you are not seeing results and you've been consistent for at least four weeks, you definitely need to check in and reevaluate. See what needs some tweaking. Where can you do better? And do you need to talk to a professional to kind of help you take those next steps? Know that this takes time, but I feel like one of my biggest things, and I always tell Darian this, <laughs> Darian, if you're listening, I'm sorry. I always tell him, he's like, oh man, I, my, something's off. I'm not, I'm not seeing the results I want. And I say, well, have you been consistent? He said, no. I said, then you can't get mad. Try again, start up, try again and be consistent. Give me at least three days. And once you hit three days, you know, then you say, okay, full week. Once you hit a full week, give me another week, you know, until you get those four weeks in a row. And if you have seriously done four weeks in a row, being consistent and you haven't seen results, I'm going to be honest, it's probably not possible. Because if you're, if you are actually trying to act toward a goal and you are being consistent and doing the right things in four weeks, you will see results. They might not be as big as you think they are going to be, but you will at least see some kind of results, whether you feel better, you're moving better, your joints feel better, you're eating more protein, you're eating more vegetables, you're eating more fruits, there's going to be some type of growth within that. And so just be consistent, be patient with yourself. I know that this takes time, but it's always worth it. It is always worth it, you guys. So yeah, I mean, that's going to wrap up this episode, you guys. These are five things you can do to see results right now. And there's so many more things, but these are just kind of some basic ones that I really wanted to touch on. These were on my heart. They're very frequently asked. And these are some basic things of knowledge that I just kind of want to pass on to you so you get a little bit more insight and you can have some help and guidance along this road, along your fitness journey, along your health journey, along your life. You've got a little bit of guidance. You got some motivation. You got a little bit of education and we're all hanging out together. I'm dancing, but you can't see it because you're listening and this isn't a video. (laughs) You guys, I just want to say that I really do love you guys and I am very grateful to be able to have this platform so that I can help you guys through this. 
I seriously just want to give all of you a big hug because I know that there are some of you out there who are struggling, whether you're working out alone, you're not in a good place mentally, you've been trying so hard to see changes and you just can't get there, you're a little bit confused, you're lost, you're bombarded by everybody saying different things. I just want to say that you showing up, you even listening to this podcast is showing that you want to better yourself and you want to better your life. Give yourself credit for that and keep going. Don't give up. I am here for you. Go ahead and go on the Fun and Gains podcast Instagram. It's funandgains.podcast. And I want you guys to write an affirmation under this post. And if you don't want to make it public, DM us so that we we, I say we, so that I can see something that you're proud of. I want you to be able to be able to not selfishly, but with some self-love, be able to say, you know what? I may feel like a failure in a lot of aspects, but I know I'm good at this one thing, or I know that this is like a positive in my life. Say, say something that is good about you. If you don't feel like you can share it publicly, Hit the DMs and I'll be in there saying what's up, giving you a big virtual hug. I would love to do some kind of event sometimes, you guys, and I would even love to have some of you on the podcast. I think it would be fun like having you guys call in for like, you know, a couple minutes and we just like chat or you ask questions or something. I don't know. Let me know if that's something you're interested in, but I really just want to know that I appreciate you. I want you to know that you are seen and heard and I want you to know that you are loved And I love you guys so much. I hope that you have a fantastic week. I hope that you were able to learn something and take something away. Comment that on the Instagram podcast too. DM me. I want to talk to you guys. I want to see you guys there. Let's have a great rest of the week. Happy Wednesday. And I'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. You're listening to the Fun and Games podcast with your host, Brittany Lupton. Thanks for listening to another episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast, and we'll see you all next time for some more fun and games. Bye. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.